we got invited by the Obama White House to come in and they tapped me on the shoulder while we're there on the, on the front lawn. And, and they said, hey, come to the Oval Office and the president wants to see you. And so Robbie and I go in and Christy and the family stayed back. Like there was a moment where they all we all got to meet the whole family and go through and do a photo line. But they invite us into the Oval Office. I have this profound moment where I'm in the Oval Office and there's like the light coming through the window and and uh, one of the secret servicemen actually cried and because we had this conversation that was just really powerful. And I step out of that and I see that Christy is with Miles, just a few months old in this adorable tuxedo thing, this like suit that he's wearing. And uh, he'd had a total blowout. And, um, <laughs> and there, there we are. Like on the lawn or in the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the so she's house. figuring out we've got to throw his clothes away. I just carried like poopy clothes in my yeah. bag. <laughs> you gotta bring up our fight. I mean, I'm usually right, but that's cool. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Never, no way. Let's go back. Don't share that story. Hang on, did I go too fast? You just jumped to purpose, which is you. You're a visionary. I see your connection here. <laughs> Love or work. Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Uh, yes, you are Andre. And yes, I <laughs> I'm am I'm just Jeff. laughing because we had to retake your intro <laughs> a few times. Oh, so you want me to point out every time that we had to retake something that you did now? <laughs> no, is that what we're going to no, do? it was just Is that funny. where we're going? It's just funny. You know, we do this all the We've time. We've done it a lot of times <laughs> and I still mess it up. I see how it is. I understand. Every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know i try i okay i'm gonna say exactly what was going through my head right then i was thinking you're trying to mix it up <laughs> trying to make it new trying I'm, to make it in fresh. my head i'm always like i sound exactly the same first <laughs> of all and every time you try to make it new and fresh you're like stumbling and messing up the whole way. but wow. in light of today's podcast Making things new and fresh and creative. And yeah. This is a very creative podcast. Very amazing. Creative. Inspiring. Uh, yeah. Work. Of Old this. friends of ours. Um, I, You know, I'm so thankful that I got to meet these people before they were known all over the world. Um, before they got so famous. They really, they, they are kind of famous. <laughs> I don't know. Are they? I mean, I th- I think they're such incredible humans. Um, whenever we get time with these people, it's always so good. And unfortunately, now because they live so far away from us, um, it feels like whenever we see them, it's like in and out, in and out. And it's too fast. We want to invite you right now. You yes. guys can just come stay at our house, Anytime. and you just bring your kids. Yeah. So when you're in Atlanta, we'll just really be spending time together. So today we have Christy and Brad Montague. And they are the founders of Kid President, a whole kind of viral video phenomenon. It was one of the most successful YouTube channels in history. Yeah, that came out. Uh, And Brad is now an author and wrote a new book called Becoming Better Grownups, Rediscovering What Matters and Remembering How to Fly. With 300 illustrations, they said in it. Wow. We haven't read it yet. So we did this interview on I'm the fly, just... knowing them as friends. But well, we, you we need can't to pre-order. This, this book is coming out on March 31st, yeah. and you got to get it. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, everything that Brad creates, it makes you imagine and dream in ways that you normally don't think or dream in. Yeah. He has this amazing ability to create word pictures that, I don't know, just... This stimulate your thinking in, in better ways. And um, I've heard him speak many times. I've had long conversations, whether that's on the phone or over a meal with him. And, and I walk away not only hopeful, but thinking about something that he challenged me in. Yeah, and he really just brings you back to your like true self and yeah. that beautiful part of you and that childlike part that you miss kind of as grownups. But today, though... 
we got to interview him and Christy. And let's be let me be crystal clear. This is our first time. Yeah, first this is the first interview they've done, they said. First interview together. And Christy's behind the scenes on all these projects, making them awesome. Meanwhile, Brad's getting all the acknowledgments. All the recognition. <laughs> Isn't that how it always is? Huh? Uh, wait. <laughs> all of a sudden that got real personal. I didn't mean that to get personal. All right, Jeff, what should we be listening for? There's some good stories. Uh, but there's three things I want you to be listening for. First is the idea of lobster growth. Mm-hmm. This is something you'll remember for a long time. Uh, number two, this is so good, the White House blowout. Yep, that's the a good White story. That's House a really blowout. great story. And number three, we learned something about Brad that I don't think that he wanted on the internet, but Christy shared with us. And years ago, he had the Brad, the Brad Montague show on cable TV. Local cable TV show. And so we got to hear all in about a that. Bagel you could, house. You could, when she was saying it, you could see that he was not actually all that happy that she was talking about it. But that's <laughs> what like, happens when you get the like when a partner the, like, involved, cut, right? Cut, cut. Yeah, you, motion, get to hear, you, know? you get to hear the real stories behind the scenes of what got us to where we are today. So you're going to love Brad and Christy. Amazing humans. So thankful they sat down with us. So here we go. Christy and Brad Montague. So we met at summer camp and then didn't really like connect though. Like we kind of knew of each other. Um, until uh, right before college. And then we realized we're going to the same college. We're kind of reintroduced by a friend and decided to become best friends, I guess. And (laughs) I told my mom, um, I introduced her to Brad like right before college. And I was like, yeah, this is my new best friend. And his name's Brad and and we're going to go to college together and be best friends. And (laughs) she like looked at him and looked at me like later told me, "Uh, he likes you. Like you're going to end up together. And I was like, no, we're not. We're just friends. Like, so you friend zoned from the very beginning. Totally. But I just, I, I did not, the last thing I wanted to do was go to school and just immediately like jump into a relationship and then like, mm-hmm. you know, date a guy for four years and then get married. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> so how God did, had awesome plans for us. <laughs> how did you move her out of the friend zone? Like how oh, did, how did that like <laughs> yeah. evolve? Because she seemed like it was pretty hardcore there. Well, yeah, you'll find that there's there's a couple of versions of the stories always. <laughs> and then there's there's like her version, which is is highly detailed and will go through, you know, the uh, the exacts and particulars of everything and how it happened. I will tell you how it felt. Yes. <laughs> and, and I could tell we met as kids at summer camp. I saw her and she was glowing, like literally, and I said that's it. That's her. And at 13. At 13. Oh yeah. And she never like noticed. And there's even a photo <laughs> from camp from that era where she's like with some guy, she went on a date with the hike on the hike with, and, and I'm in the background of the photo, like, like waving. waving? Like, yeah. It's actually kind of creepy as I talk yeah. about it now. <laughs> <laughs> But then even in school, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I was okay if we stuck at Friends. But I was mm. like, this has this has to be more. <laughs> so you're in co- so, so in college is when it became more? Yeah, so in college. And it was like October. Like, we started school in August, and then we, our first date was October. So it didn't take very long <laughs> at all to make the yeah. two. Yeah, and so you're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I do like this guy. Like, yeah. And we <laughs> met at the camp. Then we began working at the camp as counselors. Yeah. And fast forward to a few years later where we became some of the directors of the camp. We also got married there. So it's been like part of all of our lives. Yeah. 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 (laughs) On the soccer field. Yeah. This camp is very important then here. Yes. Completely. And now you do. Don't you like go to camps and do camps still now? Yeah, yeah, it's in our bones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't let it go. So then you graduate from college. Brad starts having these crazy ideas, right? Oh, yeah. Or that, that probably didn't start. It, it was probably it, all it along. It didn't start. I mean, look at this guy. Yeah, no. Like, in college, he used to play um, the guitar and sing and, like, perform at things. And, I mean, that was, like, his part-time Ooh. job. Like, I you, didn't you never know that. had another job, did you? Like, he paid for my engagement ring with, like, money he made, <laughs> like, traveling and performing and, like, at, like, camps and youth conferences and, like, youth group events and things like that. And so when we graduated college, 
I immediately got a job as a graphic designer and was kind of the settled one with a steady job. And then he just kind of pursued the traveling and performing and that, I mean, he basically made a good income from that, like our first year of college. And then he had, or first year of marriage, (laughs) sorry. And uh, and so then uh, after um, about a year, he had like a local television show, like on local cable. He doesn't like talking about it. The awesome thing about it is it's before YouTube. What was it called? What was it called? (laughs) It was the Brad Montague show. Oh, <laughs> it was like really? a late night talk show. <laughs> yeah, he's going to kill gonna me now. I'm going to leave this podcast. <laughs> You're selling all these stories. Out. Oh, it was hilarious. Though. But the awesome thing is that <laughs> we, were, we were really young. We were like 22, like, you know, when we got married. And at that point, like, we were living in a small town. It didn't cost that much. It's not like we were, like, struggling, you know, or anything. And so it really was like, we felt like we could do anything, you know? And so we just were like, why not? So he started selling ads. He actually was working, um, selling ads for this cable company and hated it, like absolutely hated it. And he just got the idea one time when he was trying to sell an ad to a bagel shop. And he's like, wait, what if I did like a TV show in the bagel shop and got people to come here? We can fill it like every week, you know? And he was like, yeah. And so, so he agreed to do it. Here's what happened. (laughs) We got people into his bagel shop. I'm, I'm filming a TV show in his bagel shop, and he does not stop business. He's running the coffee grinder. You can like, hear everything. the espresso machine like, like in the back. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey. Yeah, like, we're partners here. Yeah, like, you're making a lot of noise. <laughs> <And> <laughs> can like, we, like, turn that down? <laughs> so you can hear it on TV. It's just me, like, talking, and I'm interviewing the mayor or whoever. It's just, like, local like, celebrities. Rrr, rrr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he later closed, so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it didn't really work out for either of us as oh far as goodness. <laughs> but it was it was super fun. So yeah. and it was just kind of something I don't think we would try to do now. And I think there's that awesome ability you have when you're young to just be like, why not? Like the let's just do it. Let's, nativity you know, kind of, of it all. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I had this this like feeling the whole time of the rest of my friends are in grad school. <laughs> Everybody else is like doing the right things, like following the rules. And am I messing up? Is this, am I a complete idiot? And then I would look at her and I would go, I wish I could make a bunch of money for you. I wish like I could be like the rest. And she was always affirming from the beginning of, that's not why I married you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that was reassuring in the midst of any mess. Like, okay, she's in for the adventure. Mm-hmm. And if it, and I was always having to check in though, like, cause I'm deeply insecure. Um, (laughs) going are you sure I'm sorry I'll go sell shoes or do something I'll like whatever and she's like no this is this is who you are I know that you you're happier um, chasing these rabbits well and over time some of those ideas have just exploded right not all of them listen I know that I Uh, so yeah, there's, you know, there are some highs and lows in the idea phases and still to this day, some work and some don't as much, but, um, so Christy in the midst of that, how you're married to a emotional individual, how have you highly creative and extremely (laughs) creative, lots of ideas that are all over the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Yes. How have you, but you're, you're very creative too. Yeah. Um, how do you manage all those ideas? Like, how do you interact? Is there a rhythm that you've interacted with, with Brad? Like, how does that all play out? Yeah. So he's a four in the Enneagram and I'm a one. So it's usually be squashing. <laughs> I feel like a lot of things where I'm like, well, okay, that's an awesome idea, but let's realistically look at like, is that possible? Or is that something that we can actually do and so I hate being that person to him but I feel like a lot of times that's kind of what comes out but also um we've always worked on everything together so it's usually something that whatever he's doing there's some way that I'm supporting like I did all the art for all of his albums like in college and then um the design for the dvd case when we like did his show and also like for the the logo and the graphics and everything and then um, because this is who she is she is uh like i'm the one who will scatter everything on the floor and then she can organize it exactly as it needs to be where it needs to land and then at the same time she's super creative too so that that was what really attracted to me early on was like she was painting and i was like whoa here's this person who has her life together and like is organized and yet is so highly artistic and has this sensibility 
that I was figuring out about my own self. And so like her understanding the creative sides of things, but also the, um, how to actually make things happen and how to um, take the mess that I will make and actually shape it into something that is of value. Um, I mean, she does not just in the creative work, but also for me as a person, like it's all this stuff that I feel like is a mess. And she's like, no, here's your value. Like you, you are valuable. Hmm. That's beautiful. So then one idea really hits, right? One idea really hits of this thing called kid president. And it exploded on the internet. I'll never forget the email you sent me. I think I I remember (laughs) you said, I think I got something here. And that changed everything. It changed a lot of things for your family. Right. Um, so you talk about, you know, in this podcast, we're talking a lot about how our work impacts our family. Right. And this is one that it was integrated in your family. So can you guys share a little bit about what, what happened and, and how that impacted you guys? You know, we were both working together at that point in um, the creative office of a university. So we're there um, and we're still doing all these side hustle things. And she was, had photography business going and um, we, we had a lot happening and we were happy in the work and we were happy when we got to work together. But then this, this sort of idea started to form of, you know, we've been working with kids. We had started a camp that was for kids who wanted to change the world. Like we we're spending time listening to kids' voices. We thought, well, like, let's create a platform where we have everybody listen to a kid every week. And so what if that's the tiny president of the universe or world? Now, my small thinking was like, oh, it's like he's the tiny president of America or whatever. He's like, and then you were the one who were like, no, it's not like kid Obama. It's not kid. It's, it's kid president. She was yeah. the Just one. It's like its like, own thing. And then um, I was like, well, what if we got a suit and we put it on Robbie? Cause my little brother, uh, Robbie was just a really funny kid. And we had filmed a few videos with him before um, for some things that we were doing at the school. And, uh, and he just was really great with Brad, like when Brad directed him and everything. And so I was like, Oh, let's just put Robbie in a suit, you know, and film some stuff with him. And so they got together and I drew the logo, like on a piece of cardboard. And we just kind of like grabbed a, um, a piece of cardboard left yeah. over from camp, by the way. So I had like a big cutout <laughs> and stuff at the bottom. All goes we're like, back oh. to camp. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and we thought this was a one-off thing. So I didn't want to use one of my good pieces of cardboard. So I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to use a scrap piece. So the piece forever had That's like amazing. the cutout of a like shape. Yeah, it had like shapes cut at the bottom and, and it was like, at the once bottom. he got taller and we had to like raise up the cardboard, we had to figure out something to do because you could see these holes suddenly and it was just like it was really funny but um we just used some bed sheets as curtains and then uh set up like a little old record player we had um as his desk and just filmed it in our house and yeah it was just in the house and it was this natural extension of things we were already doing like Mm. Robbie and I playing together us making things Christy and I like crafting up a set and then then we start releasing them and every week it, it became a habit and actually Jeff you're part of the reason here and I think I've told you this because that spring I was at the first plywood retreat and, and I'm there and you said, you've got a lot of creative ideas. We're all waiting on you to actually just do one of them. <laughs> you're welcome. I will take it. And I, and I, I remember you told me you're mad at me years later. And I was like, oh, yes, I didn't he even came know back that. so mad. Uh, he, he was Jeff like, hates me. It was a great retreat, but like, I love Jeff how you took really it all mad. to you, Brad. I love how you took it so like internal. Like he's talking about like your ideas and you're this and you're like, oh my gosh, he hates me. <laughs> but I did realize like, oh, I just need to be disciplined about this. I, I, I've, it's, it's not, I just haven't actually chiseled and done than the just keep showing up on one idea. So every week for the summer, I was just gonna release one of these videos. Um, And in the midst of that, we're pregnant. Yeah, so we had to wait like 10 years. I didn't realize uh, that was the timing. I never never put all that together, yeah. Yeah, so we waited 10 years to have kids because we we knew one day we wanted kids, but we just were having so much fun creating other things and had so many side hustles. It just never really, felt like a good time. And we weren't just in this place where we were just like, you know, really feeling like it was our time yet. So we were kind of like at the point where we're like, well, 
maybe. And then we got pregnant like immediately. And so if we had known all of this was ahead, I feel like we would have still waited. And I'm wondering even if we would have ever had children, you know, like if we would have just been like, oh, there's not a good time. Like it just, everything is so crazy. And so we got pregnant with Miles like just a few months uh, before he created Kid President. And then uh, he was born in December. And then the pep talk went viral when he was seven weeks old. So it was like everything hit at the same time. And it was just... I feel like that's there's kind of a before and after for our lives and kind of the path that yeah. everything is taken. And that was kind of that year was kind of the, the changing point for us. Because then at that point, the rhythm of life completely changed in every way. Mm-hmm. And there was this uh, thing happening where I felt like I was finding my voice creatively. Finally, and was able to really figure out like and hone in how I communicated messages and how it could resonate. And I'm learning that every week. And then at home, we have this new little person and our relationship is changing. And, and so when everything went viral, that already kind of blows up your life because you have all these incoming transmissions, just all these people with ideas for where you should go, what you should do next. And here's where we want you to be. And one of the first things that came through was the Today Show. Like they said, we want you to come be on the show. And um, we were super excited. But then we went, do you think they'd take the whole family? Because we all need to do this together, right? Hmm. And so that early on became, okay, we're going to go on this adventure together. So Christy and Miles, he's just a few weeks old. They come with us. And like we're backstage and I remember she's trying to find a place to like breastfeed. And there's Liza Minnelli, who's also on the show that day. <laughs> yeah. So had a really awkward conversation with Liza Minnelli where she's trying to see my baby and I'm trying to, you know, pull yeah. him away from me. And sure, yeah. <laughs> so it's like that's happening. And I start to understand that this is messy and complicated, like flying on a plane, being in a green room, like already stressed about how to show up on TV naturally or like all of that, but knowing that this is the way it's going to have to be, if it's going to be healthy, that, that like, they're going to be there with me and we're going to figure this out. So that became a challenge where we're figuring out how we're going to travel together um, and be in the midst of this busy season and still show up to do the work that, you know, I'm still checking in going, is this the right thing? Am I, are you okay with me following this path? Yeah. And knowing that, uh, okay, like this is going to lead us somewhere we haven't been yet. Mm. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite stories of realizing that this is worthwhile is we'd have these moments where it just felt like it was total magic. Like we got invited by the Obama White House to come in and they tapped me on the shoulder while we're there on the, on the front lawn. And they said, hey, come to the Oval Office and the president wants to see you. And so Robbie and I go in and Christy and the family stayed back. Like there was a moment where they all, we all got to meet the whole family and go through and do a photo line. But they invite us into the Oval Office. I have this profound moment where I'm in the Oval Office and there's like the light coming through the window and, and, uh, one of the secret servicemen actually cried and because we had this conversation that was just really powerful. And I step out of that and I see that Christy is with Miles, just a few months old in this adorable tuxedo thing, this like suit that he's wearing. And uh, he'd had a total blowout. And, um, <laughs> and there, there we are. Like on the lawn or in the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the so lawn. she's figuring out we've got to throw his clothes away. I just carried like poopy clothes in my bag. Yeah, like we've got, we're going to be disposing of these. And that trip too, like we flew home that night, like (laughs) after everything. And I had packed, we had been in like Seattle and then flew to DC and had been gone for like almost a week and a half. And then I like had tried to like make sure I had enough diapers and everything. And we flew home with literally one diaper like left in my bag. And I'm just like, no more accidents, please. Like, let's just get home and just like handle this. Like, it's just insane. (laughs) And it came to the point too of even we, you know, we're doing a television series and and saying, okay, is this what we're going to do this right? And then we realize, okay, we're going to have to create a set where it's okay to have children, hmm. and that became a challenge. I thought this is non-negotiable. We're going to have this, 
And so we had like a little playpen and an area and spot where they're always there and other people on set, like there's another baby that was able to be around. Um, and then a few days in, I'm going, oh no, what have we done? <laughs> like, this is going to be hard. That was probably one of the harder seasons too, because the whole first year that we were traveling and doing stuff with Kid President, we tried to keep it on the weekends because we were still working two full-time jobs and also had a baby. Right. And so uh, he ended up quitting his job in October of that year and it went viral in January. So, I mean, it was another 10 months that he worked and then uh, I didn't quit until the following summer. I kind of took a leave of absence while we were filming the TV show, but because of Miles, we didn't really, I didn't really have an official job on set. And so I was just kind of there and it felt like I had to start completely over where I'd worked as like a designer for 10 years and I had done all these different things. And then suddenly I was just Brad's wife and Miles' mom. And it wasn't, I felt like I wasn't really seen for my contributions or that I had anything to contribute. And so I feel like uh, because everything happened at the same time, like be becoming a mother is really hard. And there's such an adjustment of like, who am I and who am I in, you know, these new relationships and the way that you approach those relationships. But because everything kind of happened too with work changing so much and kind of my position and all of that, I felt like I was struggling even more of just like, I had a really, I think, hard time during that period of just feeling like I had to prove myself and feeling like I had to show that I had value and I had a reason to be in that room too. And it was really awkward because normally I feel like Brad was always like my biggest advocate of like, talking about me and telling people like, oh, this is what Christy does. And she's great at this, you know, and things like that. But he was so busy. He wrote and directed and produced the series and was just swamped. I mean, he would get to the studio at like 7 a.m. And then he wouldn't leave until at least 8 p.m. at night. And then even when he got home, he would write for another two hours of trying to get stuff ready for the next day. And so I didn't feel like I feel like we had a hard time in our marriage. And I felt like I had to carry a whole lot of the burden and the weight at that time of just making sure everything was taken care of so that he could do what he needed to do. But it was really tough for both of us. I mean, does that, I guess all of that saying that you, Brad, you're really trying to integrate everything family into your work, into, you know, with your marriage, like you're trying to really make that be true. And you're saying it was really messy and it was really difficult. What is the outcome is the outcome of that saying like, yes, we can do that. You can do it. Or is the outcome like, actually, you really can't. You need some boundary. You need some different places. You know, what is what is like your end resolve in this through all of those experiences? It's a constant work in progress as far as because there's different stages that the children need every week that shifts. And in the nature of the work that we, we do, our attention actually changes every week of what we're like, um, what we're working on. So it's taken a constant, which we're not always great at, of figuring out how is right now the best thing. Cause you know, he's now we've got a first grader and now we've got a preschooler. It does it even make sense that we pull them out of routine where they come with us on an adventure or, you know, what's the healthiest thing for them right now? What's the healthiest thing for the project? Just recently we had a, you know, cool opportunity to travel somewhere far away. And we're thinking actually the best thing right now is that they do come with us and they see mom and dad doing what they love and, and see that happen. Um, and they're picking up a little bit more for the first time. I felt like they actually both kids, we have a daughter um, now too, and like both kids sitting, sitting in an audience in an auditorium and seeing me speak and present videos and see things that, and afterwards hearing the conversations and them like getting the jokes or, or like kind of seeing what I do is like things started to click. And so now we're in this fun phase where the kids themselves are actually kind of being able to be part of the work with us a bit. Where we're at right now, we're at our workshop. And so this is an old building we bought that um, is in a small town. It was a guitar shop for many years, but it was also a place where he opened it up for his kids to do oil changes after school where they like out of service. His wife did upholstery work. So this building has a long history of being That's like cool. yeah. the family business. Yeah. But this space has become a spot where we have ongoing projects happening all the time. So when the kids are coming in from school, they 
either jump in and are cutting with cardboard, they're making um, something alongside Christy with hot glue, or um, I'm writing and they're coming in and recording voiceovers for fun stuff or playing around with us. Um, but it's just sort of a place where we can all make our mess and do it alongside each other. Hmm. But it's hard. There's a four-year-old in the other yeah. room right yeah, now. Yeah, our daughter is actually, she doesn't have school on Friday. So <laughs> she's in the other room on the iPad right now. Doesn't get yeah. the iPad much. So uh, <laughs> yeah. this is a big deal So it deal works really well when we need it to. So she's yeah. really happy we're yeah. doing this with you. So when you, um, you're kind of in the hecticness of all that and, uh, you know, the interest is at an all-time high. And um, you were talking about earlier, like, you know, that was a difficult season in your identity in the midst of all that. It was at the time where you had to kind of stop and go, okay, who are we and what are we about in the midst of all this? Is that, did you kind of, or maybe that happened multiple times through that season? Yeah, I think so. I think too, like with a lot of projects, we both kind of felt like things have taken a very natural path where um, after the pep talk went viral, we had a lot of different offers in front of us and a lot of different opportunities. And some made sense and some were crazy, like putting Robbie in a horror movie and, you know, just really ridiculous stuff that it was, it was a little hard to kind of navigate all the requests that were coming in. And so at that point we decided that we would only do things if we all kind of agreed on it and it made sense for the family. Mm. Um, And as long as Brad and Robbie still wanted to do it too, that was a big part. Like if either of them decided I'm done, then we would stop. Like it was not a big deal. And, uh, but we also realized that we had a voice and we wanted to be able to use that for good. And so we decided to only do things that would further that. And so even it had like, to match the mission. Yeah. It had to match. And the that, that became a good gauge of whether or not it was worth pursuing. Yeah. It was worth going through the difficult, what we knew, you know, it wasn't always going to be an easy path. Like, but if it was on mission, it was something we could all agree. This is worth going through the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in a lot of ways is a constant conversation that we have to be in and checking in going, well, what even is that mission? Is it shifting a bit? Like, mm-hmm. are we clarifying it a little bit more now? Because you do end up taking on things that you feel like as a family, this is, this is right for us. And then you realize maybe not so much. Um, and, and more and more kind of figuring out who we are as individuals and who we are as a team. And, um, and then as the kids are growing too, even realizing that they are changing that dynamic some for the better. So what, what does that mean and for the mission? It's all been a learning experience. I mean, for everything, even when we've taken something on and then realized after the project, okay, if we had to do it again, we probably would not have done that. Um, but those, I feel like we learned just as much from the mistakes and from the things that we shouldn't have chosen. You know, there were still things that we learned about like, oh, well, this is what, you know, a set is like when you have 40 people working on it and yeah. all these people behind the scenes and this is what this person does, you know, that we can kind of just put in our pocket and then use again later with other projects. Um, and so I, I feel like there weren't very many, I mean, there were regrets, but I feel like for the most part, we've been able to kind of take everything that we've done and learn from it and kind of grow and figure out what we will do better next time. So today... You have a new book coming out that you've literally been working on for two, three years. How long have you been working on yeah, this three project? Years. Three years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, longer than that. I mean, that's just been the like in production part of it. Yeah. 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 It's been a long process. And one of many where, um, uh, you know, I just felt like I was working on so many things that never saw the light of day. Like we worked on a, um, a couple of other, other TV projects and, got paid and stuff, but they never made it to air. And, and it's just like, you, you're like, this is ever going to happen. And the book felt that way where I don't know if any human is ever going to see this. And now it's actually a thing people can hold. Um, and it required a lot of figuring out how I can do this. Cause it was a very, like in a lot of places, a very solitary project. Cause I'm having to write uh, at the same time, it involves a lot of conversations that I had with kids. So I'm visiting classrooms, I'm visiting a nursing home or wherever. And then it became a collaborative process again where, where I'm, Christy's actually taking the manuscript and going through it and saying, you should put an illustration here. You should do this. You should do this. Because we wanted the book to feel not like a, a, a self-help book, or, but like I'm inviting people to be more childlike. The book's called Becoming Better Grownups. And to do that, you actually become more like a child. Uh, and so the book itself feels like a, a kid's book. So 
But to do that, I'm sitting there in the midst of this mess going, how am I going to pull off this project? And then Christy prints it out and then goes through and it's like, here, 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 illustration here, you should draw this. And then partly I'm start going, I don't know about that. I don't know if I should. And I was like, no, just follow what she said. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then I was just like, yeah, she said, draw that. I'm going to draw that. That makes sense. And then it became a way where I, uh, that process became me going, this isn't just dictated by, I said, I want these words here. This it became, yeah, that like she saw that in the story and I, I'm going to like breathe some life into that moment. Um, and then I was thinking too, the book would be um, a little bit more quieter and muted. And then she comes in and it's like, no, brighter colors, brighter colors. And starts like <laughs> adding all this color to the book that, um, it's been fun to see something that I think started as such a, a solo project and me realize I can't do this by myself. I, I need her. Is it hard to be edited by your wife? Yes. Let me just answer that. Yes. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> Jeff you know, takes everything I... very, you know, as soon as the edit happens, I'm very focused just on like the word and how that is coming out. But he takes it so to him personal, his uh. being, his soul, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> it's just you just need to clarify. It. That's it. Like nothing else. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. I think with um, what's interesting, you Christy, are very like um, if it's if it's something that I've drawn or something I've written, she can do pretty like she can be pretty brutal sometimes of move this or, Oh, that like, don't do that. But it's interesting. Like if I, after I speak, if I perform or something live, I always want like that great feedback. And then she, she'll always be like, that was great. <laughs> you, we are the same. So first of all, I'm a one. Like, no, I, I want, I want some feedback. This is like, the no, moment where I want true feedback, right? Well, yeah. yeah. So I'm a one too. So I'm pretty kind yeah. of like just straight to the point and mm-hmm. you know, the edit too. So, and he's like, you just could have said it nicer, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, we got to get this done. Like there's a yeah. deadline. And so for me, I'm like focused yeah. on a deadline and just getting it done. And he's mm-hmm. focused on like the feelings while we're doing it, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah. So which kind of leads me to another thing related to this. So the book comes out March 31st. March 31st. I'm curious, Brad, how nervous you are about people reading it, you know, like how, like <laughs> behind the scenes, like, and, and, and I actually don't want you to answer that. I want to hear from Christy, like how, how does that come out? Like the fears that emerge when you're releasing something and in relation to a partnership like you guys have. Yeah. I would much rather her answer it. Cause my answer right now would be me trying to like, like false. I would try to like create confidence for myself right now. I go, I'm fine. It's going to be great. Um, She's heard every night. Is it going to be okay? Mm. Am am I, is it going to be all right? No matter what happens, like always me asking that question. So dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like he's equal parts excited and terrified. Um, I think because it's taken so long to come out, I feel like that almost amplifies like the fear of like, Oh, but it's taken forever. Like, is it worth the wait? You know, like, are people going to be excited about it even though, you know, and I mean, they don't necessarily know that he's worked on it for that long. I mean, I think it's great. And yeah, I'm working <laughs> on the next book right now. Like yeah. that's due Monday. And yeah. so, oh, I'm, so I'm sitting here going, I don't care about this. I already wrote that. Like yeah. that was a yeah. long time ago. Catch up people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that is hilarious. So how does it feel like this is kind of going back to that identity question you were saying earlier. And I know you both you both have felt this at different seasons. Uh, I'm going to play it out a little bit. When Robbie was kid president, Brad's like, well, I wrote that, right? Like people didn't know that. And Brad's coming out with a book and Christy's like, well, I told him where to do all the illustrations. You know, like, but your name's on the book. I literally organized the entire book. Yeah. Isn't that such a, how have you guys processed that? Like, like, okay, the one person's in front and the other person is really feeding it. You know, I I don't know if that makes sense. 
Um, yeah, it's a little hard sometimes. I always feel like I'm not one of those people that like needs recognition or needs my name on something like really. I mean, I'm okay. A lot of times being behind the scenes, um, with the book, I actually did all of the coloring for it though. Like, um, basically he just did the black outlines of people. And then just because he had so much work to do, and it's over 300 drawings on the inside. I did all of the painting, um, and digitally painting, uh, for the, uh, the illustrations though. And then for the cover, um, and kind of all the color work and then also of kind of taking some of the illustrations and then reworking them to fit, to be able to fit in the margins and things like that. Things that I understand more just as a graphic designer. And so, uh, I did do a lot of work on it and I feel like I do feel some ownership in it, but it's also so much more his work and his vision and, you know, his, that I feel like I'm just kind of helping out with that and adding to that, to be able to make his work shine brighter. That's one of those things, though, that I feel like it'll all come out in the end, where at the end, it'll be clear that, like, that's what was my hope with um, Kid President was, I'm really proud that it resonated with people. And I did struggle with the fact that everybody thought that this was this unicorn child that appeared from nowhere and just started making videos. Mm. And people would stop us in the airport and be like, speak to me, give me wisdom, little boy. And, and, <laughs> and, and Robbie's he's looking just, at him like, what? Yeah, he's like, I don't know who you are. Like, and they're like, he was mean to me. Like, he's like, he's like a total, child. Like, yeah, he's a you're kid. a stranger and yeah. I yeah, learned yeah, yeah. about stranger danger. <laughs> <laughs> he's an amazing kid, but he's a kid, yeah. you know? And so like there was this loss of, oh, there's actually art behind it. There's a person, like a right, a voice behind it. And so I was always like, you know, years from now, it'll be clear. Oh, that was an expression of of his work. Like that was uh, some, something in his body of work. And I know and I, it's inevitable that if I'm able to make lots of things for years, at the end, it'll be clear that, oh, she's the one who like <laughs> is the reason any of this exists. Like mm. that I want so badly to be able to do these things on my own. Um, but that's not how this works. <laughs> like mm. I, I need her to make it the best expression of who who I am and what, what, what we want to say and share. That's beautiful. I want to shift gears a little bit I want to just talk about closure or like ending something. You know, I know you guys had to end Kid President and just something that, um, you know, you start from the very beginning and you create and it feels like your baby and your child. And how do you stop something or end something or know when it should end and know to move on to something else or to, to shift gears? How do you figure that out? I still am figuring that out. But one thing that I've learned in this process was that it kind of tells you when it's done. Mm. Um, in lots of ways, if, if you're listening, it, it kind of whispers to you or sometimes it starts shouting to you mm -hmm. like, hey, like it's time for you to move on. You've grown out of this shell and it's time to, to start a new one. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's actually a thing that I learned in the it's it's part in the book because I had this idea about growing up that growth was like the caterpillar idea that, that you turn into this caterpillar and then you're beautiful and that's the end of the, the story. Butterfly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the caterpillar turns into the butterfly. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. See, she finishes um, the ideas. The, but the but lobster growth is where the uh, it starts as this little lobster and it has a shell and it has to like swell and then crack the shell open, and then it has to go be naked and hide under a rock until the new shell grows. Mm. And then it does that hundreds of times. Mm. <laughs> and so it's like a children's book that never ends. It's not the very hungry caterpillar and it's over. Right. It's this just cycle that happens over and over. And so with the project or with something that you as the artist, you as the person within it, you begin to grow around it and, and, and you start to realize there's this is not the best expression of who we are. Like there's something else mm -hmm. for us to do now. Mm -hmm. And and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be shoes that are slightly too big for us. But that's the next place where we're going to grow most. And, and you're so, going to um, have to get naked and hide in yeah. the sand again. 
Yeah. Yep. And it's going to be and like feel you're, you're all of that vulnerability again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the worst, but yet that's, that's how we grow. And so it's, it's sort of, I mean, like with us in our relationships, it seems like we keep, we keep finding ways to put ourselves in a situation where it requires our whole family to, to grow, like to mm-hmm. step up a little bit and it's going to be uncomfortable, but if it's on mission, it's going to be worth it. Um, so you guys love, love, love children. I mean, obviously your two kids, you probably love the most, but you love kids in general, everything that you've created. A lot of the stuff you come creative comes from the minds of kids and trying to think in that way. So, I'm curious if anyone has a non-traditional view of parenting. I have a feeling that you guys have some uh, creative ways that you want to raise your kids. Uh, so in, enlighten us a little bit of some of the ways that you are trying to you know, develop your children that we could learn from. I love the way that you are constantly letting them chase their curiosity like if they're into something, she's going to like dive in deep and then, okay, let's go. Yeah. That's how my parents were um, with me and my siblings where, I mean, anything we were interested in, they fully supported it. They fully allowed us to kind of explore that. And so that's something too, that we've tried to do with our kids. And um, I feel like I thought I was going to be like one of those like Pinterest moms that would have like all kinds of crafts we do and things like that. And like, I've just been too busy that I really have just like put materials in front of them. And I'm like, here's stuff, create whatever you want, like go for it, you know, and just kind of putting things. But at the same time, I'm beside them working on things with a lot of those same materials and they're observing that and they're learning from that. Like uh, I've been helping out um, with some props for my youngest sister's uh, play coming up, they are doing singing in the rain and they needed this giant cake that someone will pop out of. Um, and then also like a fake cake. That's just like a styrofoam cake or whatever. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, you know, volunteer to do those. And so, uh, I've been creating this massive paper mache cake, like in our studio and using all these different materials and the kids have loved like watching it kind of come together and also wanting to kind of play with the same stuff and learn how to do those types of things too. And so it's been cool because I feel like We've never really like explicitly encouraged creativity or making things or art or any of that. But like both of them are just so creative and love drawing and love creating things. And Miles decided he's going to become an author now and has been writing his own books. And then he wrote he wrote this whole like book series. And then after that, he decided I need a board game to go with it. So he he had my mom get him like an old game at Goodwill. And he turned an old uh, copy of Shoots and Ladders into his own game that goes along with his book series and it has a spinner and it's and cards. super fun and it's super fun like it works <laughs> we thought uh, he's yeah. explaining the rules to me i'm going oh this is not this gonna is work, not gonna work. <laughs> like and it oh, did and it's bless awesome you. but then we started playing it and we're like yeah go 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 no oh, you gotta go back and just getting really into it yeah and um, so it's been fun to see them kind of be able to explore and create these things yeah i think um i had this idea that we would kind of mold them and shape them and instead like i've been able to to really follow christy's lead in the way that she sees who they are already and then says let's support that like let's nurture that let's breathe life into that and and i mean from early on of just with each kid discovering who they are and help them be that and the best version of that and and so I think too, one thing that that's been fun for both of us to figure out is that uh, like definitely Christie's idea is let's throw the best birthday party ever and like design every detail of it. Like our little dude had this uh, space party where there was a moon that she made out of, what was, I don't even know, but it looked like, like the actual moon. moon. Uh, stars, a spaceship. It was incredible. But after the party's over, the best part was everybody left. And I remember seeing her play in this like shuttle with him. It was just the two of them in that. Mm. And like, I think for both of us, it hit like that was the best moment of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was interesting in the conversations with, 
with the book, like there's a, a professor at Harvard, Dr. June Lei Lee, who has done this whole study. And it, literally the research is, it's not the big things you do. It's looking your kid in the eye every single day. Like mm. that, that just looking at them, showing up for just a split moment, that little act of love makes the biggest impact. And, and so it's one thing for us is, is kind of, creative dreamers to want to do these big elaborate things. And then seeing that actually just us showing up is, is the thing. And, and so I've been trying to fight back the impulses to do these big elaborate things and instead keep just creating ways for us to be alongside each other. Mm. Mm. Oh my gosh. Mm. I'm getting a little teary eyed about that one. (laughs) (laughs) We, we have a, a poster over here, the Swiss Family Treehouse from, did you remember Swiss Family yeah, Treehouse? We just the made Swiss our kids family. watch it. Ah, the whole movie. Like, it, it, the idea of being stranded on a desert island together is exciting to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thing. But mostly because just being on an adventure as a family together is mm-hmm. is like, oh, that's that's compelling to me. That's what, uh, and, and I think that's what we're both after of, yeah okay, this is, we're going to all do this together. Yeah. Um, we're going to build this tree house and, you know, but it's not on an Island. Instead, we're inviting other people into it. Mm. All right. So all these listeners are going to get your new book, but I'm curious what you're thinking about right now that is not in a book yet. What are, what's the, what's the new things you guys are thinking about and dreaming about today that you can tell on the internet that won't get copied by the rest of the world. <laughs> 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 Don't you hate those copiers? Uh, uh, yeah. What? Well, because I'm in I'm in book space right now because we have that book. Um, <laughs> He's got his next book. He's all it's, it's kids books next. So oh, nice. I think we can say that much, right? What? Yeah, that it's children's books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Spring 2021 and spring 2022. So oh, yeah, two. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I think this leads us to the last question. Yeah. Right? We ask every couple, every interview, uh, do you think it's possible to change the world, stay in love and raise a healthy family? I really hope so. <laughs> 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 we were talking about this earlier, but our answer might be, and that was my answer. But um, yeah, I, I think it is possible. I think um, there's going to be periods where one of you has to sacrifice or Mm. something has to kind of give to be able to achieve that. Definitely there's seasons and definitely there's, I think, times when it feels impossible. Um, But I think we have a lot of times when it feels very possible. There's that, um, you know, that, that quote, Khalil Gibran, that work is love made visible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's something that I I think about a lot in that, that if that's true then what sort of things are being am I are visible in the work I'm doing and is it really my love and and is that coming out and I, and I think for me for my best work comes when it's us together it's it's somehow all of us pulled this off together. Like I love getting to um, like connect with an audience and tell stories. But then I did a thing recently where I thought it would be really cool if this ended with a chorus (laughs) and like a whole bunch of people. I didn't know a chorus. And then we were like, well, let's, let's create one in our community. So we got, um, we wanted it to be kids and elderly people. And then it was just all these people from our community joined in. And so I did this talk. And then at the very end, Christy, the kids, my mother-in-law, all these people from our hometown that we bust in for two and a half hours, like we had to rent a charter bus. <laughs> they all take the stage and and start singing What a Wonderful World, the Louis, Louis Armstrong yeah. song. And it was this moment of, I couldn't even sing because I just was sitting there on the stage going, okay, I don't know how to do this again, but I think this is what I'm, what it's supposed to feel like. Hmm. <laughs> Not me. It's 
all of us and those voices blending. Even the audience was singing too. And that, that felt like that's what I'm supposed to do. And now it's time for the breakdown. I have so much to say. Oh, wow. I just, it was so, so good. Say I have, it then. I say, mean, say the when my notes go on to multiple pages, I feel like there's just so much. And let's be honest, you did show me just earlier today that you have kept all your notes from every interview we've done. Yeah, one day I'm going to take a picture of them kind of spread out or something like that because I take paper notes. <laughs> Paper. I was and just thinking pen. if I would, if I'm so, everybody's on their iPads and all their whatever thingy thingies, but no, I need a paper and a pen. If I took a picture of all my notes, no one could read any of them. <laughs> Mine are good. They all right, so say nice the things. What are the things that you learned from Brad and Christy? Well, I mean, the lobster growth that was a that was a killer kind of word picture mm. there that I don't think I've ever even heard before. Um, yeah, just that re-exposure with everything new that has to come out. And once you grow out of that shell, needing to let go of it and then hide back under the dirt and be naked and grow a new shell. Um, oh my gosh, I'm getting like a little emotional thinking about it. It's so that, good. Why is that emotional? Um... I don't know. I think the vulnerability that has to happen for anything new to come out and for it to be a true expression of yourself, it has to come from a vulnerable, true place or else it's just like whatever crap you see on the Internet. Yeah, it's not it's not helpful. Usually it's not true. It's not. Yeah. Special. Yeah. I Hmm. don't know. It was beautiful. What about you? Uh, when they were talking about the doctor I'm, or, or, or the um, professor, I don't know what his name is. You, you may have wrote it down. Did you write it down? Jen Lee Lee. Yeah. Lee Lee. This idea that just looking at your kids every day is one of the most valuable things you can do, like looking at them in the eye. And as I'm trying to look you in the eye right now, <laughs> are you feeling the love at this moment? <laughs> I, I thought that was such a powerful reminder. Like, mm-hmm especially coming from a creative people like they are um, who, you know, could create this experience or special thing. And at the end of the day, like the best thing you can do is give your kids attention, mm-hmm. um, loving attention. That's not distracted, which is easily, we're easily distracted by our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was a good reminder. Yeah. Um, I like his quote at the end, work is love made visible. Um, I think that's so true too. in, in your, if, if the work is true and from your true creative place, that same idea is that like, it's coming out of that love that is within you and wanting that to become what others see in the world. I think Mm. that's really what their mission is. I think, you know, they're constantly talking about that they're having regular check-ins, constant conversations, that they are on mission and um, that their voice for good is constantly matching that mission. It's just a really, really healthy place to, you know, keep coming back to and a healthy conversation to keep coming back to. You know? Totally. I, I agree with that. Man, they have made the choice and and I heard him say it multiple times, them say it multiple times. Um, we're going to do this together. We're going to figure out how to do this together. We're going to all go to the Today Show together. We're going to talk, was it Liza Minnelli or mm-hmm. whoever, like asking where to. And go to the White House together. together. And, and we're going to, you know, go to New York together. And it's just like, I think that it's interesting. Making a commitment like that means that sometimes you're not going to go because the people don't understand that and that's okay and other times it means it's going to cost you more and that's okay and other times it's going to get real messy and complicated lots of poopy diapers you know things like that for it to but he did say like for like this is the way for them to say like for it to be healthy Mm -hmm. is that when we're all in this together Mm. 
And I thought that was really beautiful. I think that's a great way to end this podcast, to remember that, to remember that. I mean, we ask all these couples if it's possible. And if you're doing it on your own, it it won't be. Um, You have to find a way to integrate Mm -hmm. um, your partner and your children in the process. And it's going to look different for everybody, but I I think that's one thing that um, has to be part of the part of the story. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and do not forget to go and buy the book Becoming Better Grownups releasing on March 31st. And that's another episode of Love, Love or, or Work. Yep. was produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions.